Welcome to Niche Podcast, your weekly rundown of the biotech, pharma, clinical research, and life science industries. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goodson. This week, sequencing technology, decentralized Alzheimer's trials, busts in gene therapy and microbiomes, and a $2.4 billion oncology collaboration. The views expressed on the Niche Podcast are those of the host and guests. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any organizations or companies with which they are affiliated. Genetic sequencing technology is a cornerstone of the life science industries. Not only is sequencing itself worth billions of dollars, but fundamental advancements from basic science through drug delivery rely on rapid and accurate genetic sequencing. Without digging into the minutia, suffice to say that differences in sequencing methods are meaningful and they do matter. You might think a DNA sequence is a DNA sequence, but what you want to learn can significantly inform which technology to use. For PacBio, their single-molecule real-time smart sequencing produces relatively long reads and has specific value, especially in basic research, but hasn't been the number one technology, with a market cap today of about $6 billion. It was no surprise to see market leader Illumina, with market cap of $72 billion, announce the acquisition of PacBio back in 2018. However, after a lengthy and challenging journey, the companies ultimately were not able to merge and the deal was broken off at the end of last year. This left PacBio figuring out how to capture a larger share of the market and shore up their weaknesses. Last week, they announced the acquisition of Omniome in an $800 million deal backed by stocks and debt. Omniome's technology supposedly contains some polymerase-driven mechanisms of exceptional sequencing accuracy. PacBio will probably marry this novel sequencing tech to their smart system. They've made the pivot from acquisition target to market competition. Decentralized clinical trials, DCTs, are on the rise, and a recent announcement from Eli Lilly suggests they're headed for the main stage. On the back of Adahelm's FDA clearance, other Alzheimer's pipelines have seen a boost across the market. For Lilly, this means their Alzheimer's prospect, donanumab, is headed for phase three clinical trials soon. Almost a month ago, Lilly announced a plan to file for accelerated FDA approval, in line with Biogen's success. Now, they've announced a new clinical research partner in the form of the Banner Alzheimer's Institute. Practically, this just means Lilly will be leveraging Banner's network and probably any other recruiting strategies they can find to fill out their clinical trial population. It's basic PR and not that interesting. However, the part of the statement that caught my eye was the intention to use a more virtual, read, decentralized approach to this trial. For those, like myself, who are watching the clinical research industry, the recruitment strategy is basically normal. It's the attempt to incorporate decentralized components that represent the movement of decentralized clinical research to the main stage. While it should be noted that this will likely remain a hybrid trial design, it's still a big move. DCTs are not just for rare diseases or registries. They're for pivotal studies on potential blockbusters. Gene therapy is like a gold rush. There's real genuine gold in them hills. In this case, in the form of incredible treatments that change people's lives forever and potentially cost a million bucks. But all gold rushes have boom-bust cycles. In this case, the busts can come from poor strategy, poor execution, lack of clinical validation, or unforeseen safety challenges. 
The last of these has occurred to Adverum's investigational gene therapy candidate ADVM022. Adverum has been in the early phase clinical trials for both diabetic macular edema and wet age macular degeneration, AMD. The AMD trial has shown reasonable safety, but the DME group showed signs of toxicity, including some concerning adverse events, like severe drops in intraocular pressure. Appropriate safety measures have been taken in response. Adverum has now announced they will not proceed with DME. However, a phase 2 AMD trial is being planned and has FDA fast-track designation. Detangling the drivers of decreased intraocular pressure in response to high-dose gene therapy in a DME population may be too challenging, but all this should serve as a warning of the fragility of a gold rush economy. At the end of Q1, Adverum still had $400 million in assets and a burn rate of just about $30 million a quarter, leaving them some room to continue exploring their options. However, with limited opportunities in the pipeline, significant pressure will be riding on the Phase 2 AMD trial for ADVM022. Probiotics are hot stuff. The market has a 7.7% growth rate and an estimated expenditure of more than $50 billion per year. But clinically validated probiotic solutions that meet FDA standards have yet to materialize. There is abundant clinical evidence supporting the central importance of a proper microbiome balance in healthy skin and gut, and we know they can be rebalanced to some degree. What researchers have yet to show is that a given probiotic-like solution meets the standards for an FDA-approved therapy. Series Therapeutics has set out to deliver complex and specifically designed microbiomes to fight infectious and inflammatory diseases. They also have an early-stage pipeline focused on restoring gut balance in oncology. Unfortunately, their Phase two trial for SER-287, a mixture targeting ulcerative colitis, did not meet appropriate endpoints. It's not a total loss for Ceres, who's likely to earn FDA approval for SER-109 to treat C. difficile in the near future. There is a chance they could be the first approved probiotic as early as this year. Long run, there are some exciting integrations between gut microbiome disbalance and a variety of diseases. But there are still some fairly sizable knowledge gaps in how our gut microbiome is formed, maintained, and shifts with our bodies over time. What is clear is that everything from weight to autoimmune diseases could have a gut component. We're likely to see more creative solutions as science advances. Companies like Ceres may be able to earn limited approvals for certain conditions, but I think probiotics will remain largely a supplement industry, at least for the near future. Pfizer announced a $2.4 billion collaboration with Arvenus to see their oral oncology product, ARV-471, through clinical trials for the treatment of breast cancer. The therapy targets and degrades estrogen receptors. Early trials have focused on locally advanced metastatic breast cancer. There's potential for ARV-471 to become a market leader in some of the most common breast cancers, but they've started with the toughest targets. Even in patients with heavy pretreatment and advanced cancers, ARV-471 showed significant promise. This has spurred Pfizer to put in $650 million upfront with a $350 million equity investment. The $1 billion front-loading is followed by a generous $1.4 billion in milestones and a 50-50 global profit-sharing deal. This is absolutely a generous deal and suggests Pfizer thinks Arvenus really has something. And I guess if you can capture a large portion of the global breast cancer market in the next decade, you do. 
Thanks for joining me on the Niche Podcast, your weekly summary of the top news in the biotech, pharma, clinical research, and life science industries. You can learn more at thenichepod.com or find us on your favorite podcast app. Like, comment, subscribe, and most of all, share with your friends. If you like what you hear, please rate and review. It really helps us. Once again, I'm Dr. Noah Goodson, and I'll see you next week.